0: Once you put out your first product, then it's just, you know, going through it again. But it's very challenging each time because you're creating something literally from scratch. So it's fun. It's very fun, though.
1: Pritika Swarup is the founder of Prakti Beauty as well as an international fashion model and a global ambassador for Operation Smile. As a model in the international beauty community, Pritika was exposed to many different types of beauty products, but noticed that the traditional Ayurvedic beauty practices and rituals that she grew up with were not represented. So she created Prakti Beauty to bring Ayurveda to the American skincare market in a modern way. Coming up, the importance of embracing your different identities. How Pritika managed launching her business, her full-time modeling career, and finishing up her degree at Columbia University. She shares her advice for leaning on mentors and investors when launching a product-based business. And finally, the marketing tactics that worked best for Procti Beauty. This is the Entrepreneista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. Critica, I am so thrilled to have you here today to hear your Entrepreneurista journey and story Growing up, did you always know that you wanted to have your own business one day?
0: I feel like I always had an entrepreneurial spirit. I just feel like having my father, who is an eye surgeon, but also you know involved in so many different businesses, I saw that and it really motivated me and inspired me. So yeah, that example and then just kind of being in the modeling industry, running my career as a business, that also brought me to another level of it. And so it feels like it just built over time.
1: What was your background prior to starting your business?
0: My background is in finance. I studied financial economics. And I mean, when I was a kid, I did definitely wanted to be a doctor because everyone in my family is a doctor. But I was scouted as a model at Disney World when I was 17. So that pushed me into the fashion industry. And I moved to New York to pursue my career in fashion and, you know, really had an amazing opportunity to work with different experts and really understand the beauty and fashion industry from that lens. Before I even knew I was going to start Procbi, it got to a point where, you know, I was studying finance, I was even working in an investment firm and still modeling full time. And I was thinking, okay, what's my next step going to be? And then I had the idea for Procbi and was able to combine all of my experiences. So it was, uh, it was definitely a nice turning point
1: for me. I have to go back to getting discovered at Disney World because as a big Disney person and now that I live in Florida and a proud season pass holder, I'm there all the time. Like, can you just take me back to how that happened?
0: Yeah. So I was just on vacation with my family and, you know, coming from, I'm from Virginia. So, um, like the entertainment industry, modeling, fashion, it's just, it's not, um, you just don't know what that's all about. You, you know, you see people, you hear about it. And also I didn't really see a lot of people that looked like me being represented in media and entertainment. So it was just like, that will never happen. You know, that would never happen to me. And as when I was scouted, it was just kind of like a, Hey, have you ever thought about modeling? And my parents honestly thought it was a scam. We were all a little bit uneasy about it, but next thing you knew, we were doing research and I flew to New York I met with an agency it was like the number one agency at the time and I was signed so it was it was very quick
1: That's wild were they at Disney World like actually scouting people or that person just happened to be there
0: So uh, mostly scouts are at malls um you know amusement parks it sounds a little strange but you know they're looking for new talent obviously a certain type of girl and yeah they were just there scouting and um I think you always hear these really crazy stories like, "Oh, I just walked into Starbucks." Like, <laughs> not that it wasn't as crazy there, but you know, I, I was with my parents and um, you know, everything felt okay in that moment, but it was definitely a surprise because I had never imagined going into this field before.
1: I always think back to like just different moments in my life that just changed the trajectory of what happened and how like one thing led me to the next. Do you feel like that was a pivotal point by then having that experience modeling that then led you to everything else that you ended up doing in your career?
0: Definitely. I think that when I first entered the industry, I didn't know exactly how I would fit in or how things would work out for me. And I think I learned a lot about what I wanted to do. Like I wanted to create a platform from which I could pursue all of my other passions you know, Prockby, my Operation Smile Ambassadorship, and just really making it something that works for, for you. So I think that when you first start in an industry like that, you feel like you need to be a certain type of way that you need to fit a certain mold. And you know, I never really did. You know, I I very much value education. I have a different background. There weren't a lot of Indian models at that time. And I was like one of the few. So it was still, um, there were quite a few barriers to break down at that time. And I think that was the moment that the discussions about diversity were slowly starting to open up. And, you know, I feel, I feel lucky to have been a part of some of those discussions, just because now so much has changed. And it's, it's really nice to see.
1: What was that initial aha moment that you had that you knew you had to go in to start your business? There were
0: a couple aha moments. You know, when I was working at that firm, I I was working with different companies, just you know, understanding what it's like to be in the startup business. And I guess, okay, let me take it back to when I was a little younger and I would just practice all these amazing Ayurvedic Indian rituals and remedies. So I always understood the power of Ayurveda. And that just really wasn't represented in the product market, right? So there also really wasn't much representation of Indian women. And then working in the beauty industry, realizing there was such a big space for a brand that could really, you know, resonate with a global audience. It could bring all of these rituals and remedies and just like wellness systems to the forefront. So I think it's the real moment. It was like the question, why hasn't there been an India-inspired beauty brand to reach global scale? So, after looking into that, after doing a lot of research, I spoke to hundreds of women in India, here in the US, just wondering like, you know, this is a 5000-year-old wellness system. Why hasn't it been relatable and accessible and, you know, it just se- seemed too complicated and traditional, just not able to fit into the lifestyle of a modern woman. And so after discovering all of these like issues with it and just different ways this was perceived, I just said, I have to do this. I have to do this because this will benefit so many women and in so many ways. And for me, it's not about, you know, physical beauty. It's not just about like, like skin, you know, it's also about how you're feeling on the inside, skin and soul and having women like be able to access these rituals and remedies and things that can really improve their self care and their health.
1: What were some of the steps that you took when you realized you were going to dive in and just get started?
0: There were so many ways to start. I think for me it was the conceptual development, understanding the problem and then the solution I was creating. So it's this based on this hybrid concept, so it's the cultural richness and spirituality of India with contemporary energies and technologies. So that hybrid concept is really what gives us the ability to resonate with the global audience because One, you know, women are all hybrids with their backgrounds, their passions, their goals. So that was the first step. But then also the concept resonates and translates, you know, throughout the entire brand. So at the formulaic level to to really innovate in that area, I think there was so much that needed to be done to make these Ayurvedic ingredients very much, I guess you could say, even more effective, easy to incorporate into the everyday lifestyle of a woman. And then the hybrid concept alludes to nods of Indian culture and just like championing that culture, but in a way that feels very fresh. So the conceptual development was the first step. And I think it was the most difficult step. And it honestly evolved so much, even from when I first had this hybrid concept, like what what that means now is so different than what it meant back in November of 2019, when I was just starting to develop it.
1: I was gonna say, what did you think it was gonna be when you first started and what what does the business look like today?
0: Yeah, so when I had just started developing the idea, you know, we knew from the you know product level like what that meant. But then, you know, the different nods in the packaging, like one of our products is like a genie-shaped jar, and we have copper spatulas and spoons and brushes and you know, just all these little details. And um also like just the messaging of the brand, like, right. So the messaging, it's not only about like women as hybrids, but it's also embracing your own hybrid. For me, it's India, America. It's it's just like my modeling career, my background in beauty, my work with Operation Smile. It's like, it, it's basically a mashup of everything that makes you who you are and embracing that. So that was like the very beginning of it. And, and then for my hybrid, it translated into the m- mixing of two cultures because I've been very proud of both of my cultures for my life. So,
1: did you leave your corporate job or your finance job when you first started creating the idea for the company, or did you quit your job and and dive right in?
0: So, I was actually finishing up at Columbia when I started working on this Ah, company. Okay. So, yeah. So, I was um, in my end of my junior year when I first started working on it. And, you know, I had my internship at an investment firm. I'm also modeling full time at that, like so. It was I was definitely involved in many different things, but I think you know everything is so intertwined. So it's not like I could just say, okay, I'm gonna you know quit college and quit this job and quit modeling because it all just helps and um, it gives me more and more experience, and that ultimately helps the brand. So no, I didn't quit anything, and I think that's a, a very important message to women as well is that you don't have to stop everything else you're doing i think that everything kind of goes hand in hand and it can support one another and you should be able to do it all and but you you also obviously need to prioritize your company and it it does take a lot out of you i've had many many sleepless nights because i've you know i was shooting all day from you know 8 a.m to 8 p.m then i come home and you know started working on the company and it was it was like that at the very beginning too trying to wrap up college and, and get it going.
1: How do you stay organized? Any tips for managing your schedule, life responsibilities? Yeah.
0: So something that I started doing last year is time blocking because I found that 10 different lists of things to do just would give me a little bit of anxiety and I and I would never be able to get done everything that I, I wanted to in, in that day. So just time blocking. Okay. Like, you know, responding to these five people are going to take me X amount of time and just making sure that I'm being realistic about what I can do in 24 hours in one day.
1: That is the advice that I always give people. Whenever people ask me, like, how do you do all these different things? I'm like, I literally schedule out and time block every single thing that I need to do. And if it's not in my calendar, it doesn't happen.
0: I mean, you can't, I think that you have to just be realistic about it. And then, you know, Honestly, waking, I'm not, I'm not like such a morning person, but I've had to become a morning person because having two extra hours in the morning helps so much. Just, you know, going through my own like self-care routine, making sure that I'm able to perform at my best and yeah, just being like organized mentally. Cause I think that, you know, as an entrepreneur, there's so many things that are running, it's constantly running through your mind. And you have to just, you know, be a little thoughtful, okay, I'm going to address this first, I'm going to move on to the next, take it one step at a time. And that that's even like, you know, growing a business, it's, you want to do so much from the very beginning, you want to have 10 products out there, you want to, you know, rapidly expand into different markets, and just kind of have to dial it back and and say, I'm going to have, you know, a methodical approach and um, know what works best.
1: (laughs) Definitely. I know. I think that's the hardest part about being an entrepreneur is like we're pretty much all type A. We want to go as fast as possible and build so many great things. We all have all these ideas, but everything takes time and usually takes a lot longer than than we think it's going to take. And that's okay. Like Everything will get done. It's just one foot in front of the other and building that, that plan. But also knowing that things don't always go according to plan, but it's still good to have one.
0: Exactly. I mean, when I first started you know, I was like, okay, if everything goes perfectly, this is when we're going to be able to launch. And we did a soft launch with our first product in September 2021. But we had originally expected to launch like, in March of 2021. But with all the delays and, you know, sourcing all the ingredients and the components coming from Poland and India and just everywhere, you just have to be You have to give yourself a little bit of room because it's always nice to exceed expectations and not just be behind your own timeline. So I I did learn that the hard way for the first time. And and now I definitely budget in more time. And I think it's just nice to be able to not put as much pressure on yourself too. Like, okay, this product has to launch, you know, X date. It's like, there's a little wiggle room and people appreciate that too.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. How did you figure out Where to manufacture products? How to learn how to you know create beauty products? Because you didn't have a background doing that, correct?
0: No, I didn't. I didn't. I have one of my mentors, Daria. She, like I I was telling you, she worked at the Estee Lauder companies for almost forty years, and you know, I I would speak to her regularly because the product development process is quite difficult. And I, you know, I had these initial ideas of the concepts I wanted to launch. And the products I wanted to launch based off of the insight I received from the women in my focus groups, because I I spoke to like 300 women one on one about their pain points, their desires, their ideals, you know, what beauty means to them now, like what they want to see. And, you know, why Ayurveda hasn't been something that they've been excited about, because a lot of people didn't know what Ayurveda was. so after doing all that research, understanding, you know, that we wanted to launch with an instant glow exfoliator, pretty polished, because the number one desire is glow to have glowy, healthy, dewy skin. So, but for this, I wanted to come up with a way that, you know, it honored my culture and you know, it's rice powder, so it's sativa rice powder, but having a cool twist to it, like having it change color when you add water to it, making it just be this sensorial experience with the texture, the aroma, the color changing aspect. Like these are all ideas that I had. And once you kind of visualize what you want the products to be, then you have to work with various labs, various chemists, see who can achieve these formulas and you know, what we really wanted to achieve with Procti from the beginning was not just repackaging traditional formulas, because Ayurveda has been around for thousands of years, but really to innovate in the space to create modernized formulas that amplify the results of these time trusted and proven ingredients, and make them high performance clinically tested, just like women want to see instant results now. And that's just how we are. You know, we don't have time to do like a 10-step routine. It's like we want something that works for our routines and really kind of gives you that instant result. So it was a process from having the ideas for the products, working with the different chemists, having amazing mentors that taught me how and what to expect through the process, having, you know, 8 to 10 iterations and knowing that you can you can strive to get very, very close to your idea. Sometimes it's not exactly what you wanted it to be, but it it will achieve everything you need it to achieve. And sometimes it becomes even better, but you didn't expect that. So I would say it just, you know, it's it's definitely a long process, but you learn a lot. And once you put out your first product, then it's just, you know, going through it again. But it's very challenging each time because you're creating something literally from scratch. So it's fun. It's very fun though.
1: Up next, you'll hear about Procti Beauty's successful launch and the marketing tactics that worked. I would love to hear what it felt like the day that you finally had your website up, the brand was live, people could buy your products. What was that moment like? I mean it was
0: surreal. I remember sitting on the couch all day watching the website, watching the orders come in, and just having, you know, having all these messages and emails and I remember it felt like the day went by just like that because it was just surreal. It was surreal that it was there and, you know, two years in the making really. And just getting the initial response like, "Oh my god, you know, we're so excited it's here." And it really meant so much to me.
1: Are you on Shopify? Yeah, we're on Shopify. So you were getting all the dinging all day long of the of the new orders, right?
0: The, ch- the cha The cha-ching,
1: yes. It's like it's an addiction, right? It sounds like a slot machine.
0: Oh, it's amazing. I mean, I don't have my, my notifications on anymore. But yeah, for those first couple weeks, I loved hearing that cha-ching. It was good.
1: Well, in order to make that happen, you clearly had to have had a marketing strategy to be able to drive new customers to your your site. Can you share a bit about your marketing strategy when you first launched and maybe about how it's evolved over the past few years as well?
0: Yeah. So when we first launched, we wanted to make sure that we had the right partners. So social, we didn't have TikTok at the time, now we do, but you know, Instagram, digital marketing, PR, and just... Kind of getting, creating that brand awareness and getting our products out there before they even launched. And um, you know, with IRV, the Canadian inspired beauty, there's like a certain educational component involved. So it's also making people very comfortable and accessible. I mean, having access to that education beforehand, and then you know, making sure that you're able to communicate about the brand, about your products in a super simple way. You know, who we are, what we stand for, why we're doing this, and you know the differentiating points of the brand from the beginning. So I think the hardest part was finding the right partners and we did work with one digital marketing marketing agency that we felt didn't exactly understand our brand. We worked with them for 6 months and then you know we had to pivot and we had a period where we you know we weren't putting out any ads for 2 months because we wanted to move to another agency and you know that downtime was killing me but I knew that we had to do it because we weren't exactly getting it right with the other agencies. So I think, you know, the people that br- you bring on board, making sure that they, they know your brand just like you do is is important. So that was, I think, one of the biggest early pivots that we had. And then afterwards, we were just so happy that we did it.
1: Now, when you work with agencies, do you have a different type of onboarding process based on your first experience with the first agency that you worked with?
0: Definitely. Yeah. I mean, I want people to... You know, be passionate about what we're doing and also have experience, whether it's in beauty or just have a certain level of experience. And um, I think that it's different because now there are several meetings before we hire an agency or we hire anyone. And before we're like, oh yeah, this is going to be great. This sounds great. It's like, you don't know exactly the ins and outs of how that company works and how you'll be able to work with their team in the most effective way. So you know, everyone starts off green and then, and then you live and
1: you learn. Totally. It's all about learning from those learning lessons. I always say, and try not to make the same mistakes over and over again, which is why we share them all on this podcast. So everyone can learn from all of these experiences as well. What were some of the marketing tactics that really worked for you when you first launched? Were there specific channels that performed well or certain placements for ads?
0: Yeah, so we were putting all of our ads out on Instagram and we still are, but um you know also Google. And I think a lot of it was just about just talking about the concept, really focusing on the products and then making sure we're we're sharing our values. So we've tested so many different things and it's always interesting to see what's resonating with our audience. But, you know, our obviously our brand aligns with our our audience values that was very important to put out and then the differentiating factors of the products the benefits of the products and also just data you know like that they're clinically tested dermatologist tested like all of that's very important and I guess it goes to show that people love seeing that because I think now also everything surrounding what you put on your on your face on your skin in your body people are more conscious and aware of how deeply that affects you, which I think is a very good thing. But, you know, like clean standards today, they're not truly defined, they're kind of defined by each brand defined by maybe certain retailers. So communicating, like, for example, like what that means to us and making it very easy, very simple, because, you know, we talk about this all the time, we live our values. But you know, how does someone else understand it in five seconds of viewing a a static ad? That's that was basically it.
1: You mentioned TikTok. You weren't on TikTok when you first launched, but now you're using TikTok. Have you found that it's been super effective for the brand?
0: Yeah. So we've grown pretty quickly on TikTok. We just started at the beginning of this year and I kind of been pushing it off for a while because I mean, I know that people use TikTok and Instagram as almost like a search engine now. So they want to discover like the right products for their type, certain type of skin or, you know, what values align with them, like they're now using it as search engines. And I guess for TikTok, I wasn't personally on TikTok. And I know that, you know, some of my agents, managers were like, you have to get on. And I understand why though, because it just, it's so easy to learn and to quickly learn on these platforms. So yeah, I mean, I think for beauty, it's really important to be on TikTok it's very, you can definitely share your brand in a very different way than Instagram. We're not running ads on TikTok. We're just, you know, organically building and growing and just putting out, you know, putting out just different, I guess you could say like informational about the products, simplifying Ayurveda through like little like how-to videos. I mean, we launched our blog, The Pretty Edit, when we first launched our website, And then we started Ayurveda for all, which is this other category. And it's just, it's simplifying Ayurveda through education. And, you know, it has different massage techniques, breathing techniques, meditation, ingredient spotlights for these Ayurvedic ingredients that just aren't commonly used in skincare. And, you know, all of those different types of platforms, like TikTok, Instagram, you know, blogs, it's just making this information much more accessible to women because, but that's really the whole point. It's like, I think that people want to learn about all of these things. So it's good for them. And they're open to learning.
1: And it really seems like you're able to provide so much value to your customers and to your audience by teaching them, like you said, with the education, like that's what people want. People want to learn. And then once they really discover your brand and learn from you, they'll eventually buy, but you have to, uh, give them that great value add content first. And I'll jump in and mention TikTok again because we partnered with them now with Entrepreneurista, and they've been teaching our community how to use the advertising platform on TikTok. Which is, if you haven't tested it, I would definitely say test it because if organic is working for you, you can take some of that organic content that's doing really well and amplify it with paid and drive people direct to direct to purchase from from those ads. And they um, they have better better CPMS than some of the other platforms right now, which is good. <laughs>
0: Oh, yeah. No, I know it's definitely written in our strategy to do that. I think that it's just important to have that like organic audience to start. And even, you know, I had to get on TikTok as well now that the brand is on TikTok. And, you know, I think it's just a matter of growing in a really like thoughtful, intentional way to be able to share your values, to share your mission. And then, you know, and then be able to market, you know, market your products, market your ads, like even Instagram. Okay, so when we first launched, I was running our brand Instagram. And I realized that it just you have to have a very well thought out strategy. And, you know, I would I would design like how our board was going to look and like the concepts and the types of products we wanted to put out first, whether it's the textures, or it's the, you know, five key ingredients, but The thing is, is that it it can't just be done off the cuff. And for me, like I, I love social media, but it's not my all day, every day. So you need the right experts to be able to carry your business like to the next level, you know, as you envision it.
1: Absolutely. Can you tell me more about the ability that you've had because of your audience and following on Instagram and on social to be able to help influence, if you will, the, you know, brand growth? And has that been a really effective strategy for the growth of the brand?
0: Well, I believe that the brand has definitely benefited, but only because, not because I'm able to drive sales like instantly, like, some of these other you know celebrities or influencers i think it's also just because you know as i've had my background in beauty and fashion and even finance like you know it's not something that just this brand is out there because it's another skincare brand it's like there's a true authenticity and there's a there's really like a historical significance for Procby. So I think it's nice because I'm able to kind of communicate with my audience very quickly, like on social media, and really bring that awareness to the brand. And that's, I think, the most important part is like, just the communication, the community building aspect of it as well, because we are very transparent. And we're just very open. You know, I love receiving messages. I love hearing, you know, Honest feedback about like how people interpret the products, or hey, we could be doing something different. Like I want to know that, and that's why I think social media is important here, and that my built-in audience did help with kind of getting that message out, amplifying who we are, and you know why we're here. So from the beginning, I found that that was very powerful, and I really built this brand to stand on its own. Though I I believe that it's great. You know, I love being this spokesperson. I love talking about the products and the brand and everything. But I think what's most important is that this brand represents in its truest sense, like an entity on its own. And it has that longevity. And, you know, it's all about just inspiring women to fearlessly pursue their passions and to really be able to unlock Ayurvedic beauty and wellness rituals for all women. So I love that it all is intertwined, like I said, but I think that um, it's also important to think about the brand as its own like being having its own personality like i say this phrase like we want people to be friends with us like <laughs> it's true because it's it so is. true yes it has the personality
1: build that relationship with your audience with your customers absolutely have you worked with other influencers or ambassadors as part of your strategy for growth
0: yeah so we work with 12 to 15 different influencers each month and there are a few that we just love and we continuously want to work with. They're more like brand ambassadors. You know, our brand is very inclusive. So we want to work with women, you know, across the board that have different interests, backgrounds, different skin profiles. So I think that a lot of people, like especially our audience, they want to see how people use these products, how they're working for other women, just really like clear, I guess you could say the videos of, Hey, this is how I'm incorporating these products in my skincare routine. And then We do a lot of like reviews, like with dermatologists, with estheticians, skincare experts, because it's also nice to have, to have this, I guess you could say library where people can truly give you like, Hey, this is what we loved about this product, or this is what we want to see more of, or maybe like, okay, for my texture, I needed to use two scoops of the exfoliator. So I think that's really nice. And, you know, even when we're testing new products, like we'll send out samples to, let's say, X amount of people and we just want feedback. We want to be better. We want to push our products as close to what we want as possible. Like, that's the whole point. And I think it's so cool that now influencers are so accessible, like on platforms like Grin or whatever the case, it's just, it's really a different landscape out there now. It doesn't take as much to reach out to a, a, you know, a skincare expert or a dermatologist.
1: Are there certain softwares or tools that you use in your business that you love that you'd recommend?
0: We use Grin for influencer and Grin is a great, I'm not the one on Grin doing it, but we have an amazing um, influencer manager who goes on there and, you know, it does make finding people that are right for your specific business. Just, it makes it very easy And, um, you know, we go through and we review the talent that we want to work with. And I think it's just nice because, like I said, it's just the accessibility is there. And that's so important because you want to know that someone understands and aligns with your personal values.
1: What is the craziest thing that has happened to you since launching your business?
0: I feel like there's so many crazy things.
1: that Tell me all of them. All right. The top three. I want to hear them all.
0: Well, I think one of the most recent ones, so we were on the Today Show back in January and then our Today Show re-aired, like the segment re-aired in February. So before that, I didn't really understand the power of television. I didn't understand what that could do to your sales, like what that meant. I mean, I knew that it was great to get that exposure, but it really had such a big impact. Like, you know, we nearly sold out. It was just a very, and we, we weren't exactly prepared for all of that at once. Like I didn't know that 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 I should be expecting that. Now I do know and now I've done quite a few morning shows and you know now we're we're definitely more prepared but I think that that was really interesting to see so just thinking about our our strategy moving forward like incorporating these different whether it's morning shows or just you know different PR opportunities and adding them in the mix became like, really got to the top of our list. So that was pretty crazy. And um, I definitely had to hire, you know, five other people that week to be able to handle everything that 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 one TV wow. segment brought us so
1: good business problems, good business problems.
0: <laughs> it was good business problems. And then you know, one of my someone that I just hired, it was her first day when that went live. And it was just like the craziest first day. And I was like, I know, like, this isn't how it normally is. But then it kind of just continued to grow. And I was like, Yeah, we're gonna figure this out.
1: <laughs> how big is your team now?
0: So right now we have three people like full time and then we're actually hiring another person. But I think that what's been really cool is we've been able to be, you know, a little bit scrappy and very fluid as we grow our team and we work with different agencies. And um, yeah, I think that's very cool because people think like, okay, I need millions and millions of dollars to start a business. There are so many different resources and mentors and advisors That can help you at very early stages when, maybe you just have an idea or you know you've you've just launched one product. So yeah, we've been we've been definitely a scrappy startup, and I'm kind of proud of that because that's really how you understand every area of the business too.
1: Absolutely, that's the best thing you can do, and I love that you know keep your team small and nimble. Hire freelancers and agencies as you scale, and you can bring on more full time people once you figure out what those you know permanent needs are. So. Definitely, definitely a great strategy that that we that we do as well. I would love to hear what has been the most challenging part of growing this business?
0: Well, I think like every day you're faced with so many challenges. I don't know if there's like one particular challenge that stands out to me. Um, I mean, definitely, I guess the most pressing challenge has been sourcing ingredients just for our labs because the products that we have they have these ingredients that are not very common and labs just don't have them in-house so we've had to purchase certain amount of these ingredients up front to just include them in our products but then we're also able to use them across the different products but i think it's just you know the different packaging delays the ingredient sourcing and how the timelines have changed. Because even from a couple of years ago, it was kind of a little bit easier to get everything together. Now there's like an extended timeline. And I think that just happened after the pandemic. So that's definitely been a challenge, but we're working through it. And we also now just like allocate more time, like, hey, let's put in three extra weeks for this jar cap or, you know, So everything is a little more streamlined and and seamless versus like, okay, this is the date that it has to be done, but okay, these two ingredients aren't going to arrive to the lab in time. And so, yeah, I think that that was a challenge because I think I expected it to always kind of be the same when that never happens.
1: How did you figure out how much money you would need to fund the business and how did you go about initially funding the business?
0: Yeah. So I had the concept and, you know, we had been building and building and, um, I just went to like family and friends. We had a, you know, a small angel round. We just really wanted to bring people on that were super passionate about what we were doing, that were excited about the idea of an india inspired brand, you know, being at a global scale. And, um, you know, obviously that I had had previous relationships with, and I think that When you're so early and you're just starting a company, you want to bring people on that are just so excited, happy, supportive, will do anything to help you out. Like, that's the type of people you want when you're first starting a business and starting an idea. And, you know, I've been really fortunate to have such a great support system because I think obviously there's a lot of barriers that you face, but I just knew like at that time I needed the right people to, you know, keep. Believing in success of this business because I think that entrepreneurs and you know I've definitely had like self doubt not with property and not with the idea but just just self doubt sometimes like okay like am I doing the right thing should I be doing this differently and um, that's when you can rely on these different people that you have in your network to bounce things off of because even like you and I were talking about like you're never alone mm-hmm. so that's the yeah. the main point even with a small angel round it's just like that's very important.
1: Do you go to your investors for advice, or they are, they're oh, always willing to jump in and help? Yeah,
0: definitely, because they have. I mean, they have a strong interest in the business yes. too, and and we have advisors. I have mentors, mm-hmm. and I've self funded this business as well because you know you have to have skin in the game. Oh, I yes. think that, <laughs> yeah, you have to show that yes, this is my everything, my all day, every day, like my soul, and yeah, I think it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to not know everything to know what you, what you are not strong in. That's important because it's a learning process, but, um, you don't start and know everything, know all the right moves. So I guess the most important thing is to just know, to be able to go and seek help. That's a very big thing. I think a lot of entrepreneurs feel like they need to know everything and act like they know everything when they're talking to potential investors or, you know, VC firms or just communicating like who they are, what their brand is about. But it's good not to know everything. That's what I'm trying to say.
1: Uh, no, absolutely. And it's why we started our Entrepreneurial League community so everyone can collaborate and help each other. And I always say, like, I never want to be the smartest person in the room. Like, I know a lot about a few things and I'm really good, really, really good at a few things, but I am not great at so many things and bringing in other advisors and mentors and experts and a whole community of people. And when you hire people, hiring people who know a lot more, In other areas that you know, because that's how you can really move your business forward. So that's what I've definitely learned over the years.
0: Oh, yeah. And you have to. And that's the only way that you're, you know, really going to win. Because yes, I think as a founder, you have to know how every area of the business works. And it's really nice to have that just like foundational knowledge because as your team expands, when you're talking to various team members, like you know what you're talking about. (laughs) You can actually communicate. And I think it took me a minute to, especially with digital marketing and all the metrics. And oh my gosh, I remember I had to have like a, you know, a spreadsheet of, okay, this is what this means because that just wasn't my background.
1: Totally. And that's fine. That was
0: okay. Yeah.
1: And you learn... You learn enough to know what you need to know, but you don't have to be the one to execute and do everything. You just have to know enough that the agency or whoever you're working with knows what they're doing and you can at least oversee it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and you want someone to just like live, you know, if you hire a marketing lead, like you want someone to live that life, to be completely consumed and, and just all about that one area of the business. And that's great. And that's what you want.
1: Totally. Coming up. The secret behind Procti Beauty's organic growth on TikTok. All right, I'm going to ask you a few rapid fire questions. So the first word or words that come to your mind, are you ready? Okay, yes. How would your friends describe you in three words?
0: My friends would say I'm motivated, I'm fun loving, and I have a go with the flow mentality.
1: I can totally see that.
0: Because <laughs> I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm the type of person that's just like flexible with our plans, with, you know, just keeping in touch. And my friends, um, as, as much as I don't get to see them every day, I still, you know, love to speak all the time
1: when I can. I love that. What do you think is the most important trait for a founder to have? Tenacity. What is your favorite app on your phone that you cannot live without? Calm. Hmm. How about your favorite business tool or solution that has helped you grow your business?
0: There are so many, but I mean, like obviously Shopify is like the number one. I feel like everyone must say that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely a top one. But actually, if you have others, now's the time. Tell me all your favorite business tools. What's your tech stack like?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we have... Grin is another great one that we started using and that's just helped us with our influencer strategy so much because before then it's like you're reaching out to different people on Instagram or you have a manager and you're just like cold emailing people. So, you know, just to know what people are interested in and excited about is, is great. And Grin kind of provides all this information for you at the very start before you even have conversations. So that's also awesome.
1: Last rapid fire question. Do you have a hidden talent? I can touch my tongue to my nose and
0: I can also, I'm double jointed. So I can basically like turn my hands all the way back to my arm and, um, yeah, I guess those are talents.
1: That is a hidden talent and no one has ever shared those two things before. So, there's always a first. All right, back to our regular questions here. And I know I feel like we could sit and chat all day long, but my last question for you today is what does being an entrepreneurista mean to you?
0: I think it means just being curious about the world and curious about how you can, you know, create tools to benefit other women and just benefit society, I think it means like totally being okay with being in an uncomfortable space, you know, in a space where you're pushing towards a goal, you're up all night, you're um, excited, you have a deep passion and, um, you know, you're having a lot of guts to do everything you can to succeed in whatever area you're in. I think it's, it's so exciting to be in this whole space. And I just think being an entrepreneur is, is uh, special. It's special because you do whatever you can. You have this belief in an idea and you know you give it your all and it's your soul.
1: So true. And I cannot wait to stay in touch and see all of the incredible things that you're going to continue to accomplish and excited to watch the brand grow and all that you're going to do. And thank you so much for spending the time and sharing all of your insights and learning lessons. It's been so incredible to hear your whole story. I'm excited for our whole community to, to hear about it as well. And of course, we'd love to have you join our Entrepreneesa community. I know our members would love to connect with you and try your products as well. And for our listeners who are interested in buying your products, where can they find you, follow you, and of course, buy your incredible products?
0: So they can find us at proctybeauty.com and we have our Instagram, Beauty. My personal Instagram is pritikasorup and you can shoot me messages. I love hearing from our communities and um, yeah, we're also on TikTok now, like I said, so (laughs) you can discover a lot there.
1: We'll definitely follow you over there. And for our listeners, we will be linking out to all of these links and handles in the show notes below. Thank you again for being here. I'm Stephanie, and this is the best business meeting I've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entreprenista.com. And connect with us on Instagram at Entreprenistas. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entreprenista League, our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to Entreprenista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead.